cliffcentral.com. Let's go and talk to Riyad Musa. It seems that Durban has not had enough of this man. Tickets for his upcoming show, which is on, on the 6th of May, that's next Friday, have already been sold out. And they, I mean, it's just amazing, this guy. Uh, a second show for the 28th of May has now been opened up. So those tickets are available. If you're in Durban, and Durban, no one in Durban buys any tickets for anything. I remember every time there was a concert there, they struggled to, like, quarter fill it. So it shows you Riyad Musa has pulling power, man. This guy can entertain anybody. Tickets are available through Ticket Pro for his second concert. Get them now, Durban. If you're listening to me in Durban right now and you miss out on this, it's your own fault. From entertaining fans online with his virtual comedy club to gracing the big screen in his new film which uh, obviously, it's not that new now, but it, it, it came out just a short while ago, new material. Um, he has kept us entertained for years. We love having him on this show. And he's here this morning. We're going to do a little catch-up with Riyad Musa. Here he is looking fantastic in his very, very professional-looking studio. How are you? you? Yeah, it's mainly props. Uh, uh, yes, thank you, Gareth. Thank all, you. I, I bought myself all these nice things. That I got a roadie. Dude. Uh, like, I don't even know what this is called. Right. A roadcaster. That is called a, a roadcaster. Road yes. Right. And I've, I've never used it. Right. I think I've plugged it in. Right. But it's there as a prop at the moment. Oh, like this mic is going through some Listen, other. This bullshit. Like something else. You are, you uh, are such a, you're such a fantastic guest. Let me just hit, your sound is good. You've got good lighting. Good. You've got a good camera on you. This is how people should be professional. This is what you do. This is a professional podcast, broadcast, videocaster, this man. What a pleasure it is to that's work my, with someone who knows what they're doing. That's my intention. Yeah. That's my intention. My intention is to do, I basically set up most of the, like, I just the problem is, it took me two years to set this thing up just when the pandemic is over. But have you, but you, well, but you, over. Since, oh, right? Yeah, well, so you're going to carry on using it because people aren't going to stop working from home. I mean, it's, it's such a pleasure, right? right? Now, have you exactly. used it a lot since you set it up or is this the first time? <laughs> no, no, no. I've, you, I, <laughs> I've, I, like, actually, I'm really tired. I had to do all these virtual shows for two years performing in this room above my garage. Wow. Right. And, um, you know, perform for no laughter, essentially oh, that's perform horrible. for the comment section. Yes. Right? Yes. And sure. very often I'm performing for like an hour and a bit, right? Just <laughs> talking and not being able to see any response sometimes, right? Wow. And it's torturous as a comedian because laughter yeah. is actually a social exercise, right? Uh, people don't realize how much laughter uh, is involved in the, the sort of community aspect, you know, because you're eight more times likely to laugh when you're with people than, yeah. than when you're on uh, by yourself. Like me, how me, many times people, let me ask you something. Yeah. If you, if you took the laughter out of most comedy shows, you'd probably only have half the material. So if you say you were doing an hour with just you sitting there in the right. studio, this is amazing. That means right. you're, you're probably doing twice what a normal hours show would be. Yes, because you're not essentially no. That's what it means. You're like not because pausing. usually when your your material runs out soon, you you what we we you dying, mm. right? Yeah, on stage mm -hmm. like that's what would happen live. If mm -hmm. I just did my material right with no laughter, right? <laughs> essentially, it would feel like a death. 
Like afterwards, <laughs> yeah. go therapy. It'd be like a torturous experience. It's like when Feet I start in the shower. Right, exactly. You know, it's like it's that's I, I also guess that's why I love stand-up comedy because as far as like a performance art is concerned, it, it doesn't build your ego as much. You know, because uh, you 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 keep down, right? And it, it, in order to be funny, you can't be an elevated person. You know, uh, also that's why like the best comedians will still go to the, like the dingy comedy club because they need mm-hmm. to be able to relate to the commoners, you know? So, uh, yeah. the commoners. All right, you, you, right. You, Whereas musicians, you started talking about comedy and I'm glad we are because it's something that fascinates me. You know that we've spoken about this at length and, and I, I said in the introduction earlier when I, I mentioned that you're going to be on the show, uh, last time you came on, it felt like you know, we'd all joined in like Joey's therapy session. So I, I didn't feel because <laughs> Joey Razdeen was on and he's, he's had, uh, you know, he's such an open human being. He just talks about everything. Yeah. And he started talking about how cuck his, his life had been over the last couple of weeks and months and years. And it, it turned into a really interesting conversation, but I felt like it was all a big therapy session for Joey. And I felt bad because we didn't really talk to you much at all. You brought up comedy. I love talking to, to, experts and you, you know you're an expert not only are you a really really um insightful thoughtful person about all kinds of subjects but when it comes to comedy this is your specialist area you're like a surgeon in comedy as much as you are in in medicine so you've got a picture of seinfeld and chris rock up there behind you and that's not by mistake you would have thought about why to put their pictures up there why not <laughs> You know, any other comedian. Why those two? Uh, the formative influences in my comedic uh, journey. So when I started doing stand-up comedy, uh, the two guys who are friends, by the way, yes. uh, were most influential, right, in me deciding to be a comedian. Like when I was in med school, wow. essentially I never knew about stand-up comedy after, until after fourth-year medicine. Mm-hmm. And then... I Jeez. watched the stand-up comedy <laughs> show. The only time you can no. laugh is after you've done four years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, in essence, like, um, that's when I, I, like, I knew Mark Banks. I'd gone to a Mark Banks show, mm-hmm. right? I think I was at one of the shows where he had that issue with the making a joke about the call to prayer and Pagad sort of tried to attack <laughs> you and the poor Mark Banks. No, but he had to go into hiding. Lovely human he had to go into you, you hiding. had to go and run away and hide. Shame, right? Right. He made a joke about the call to prayer sounding like like a like a mosquito. The and, azan, and why, yeah. that's why they call they, that's why they called mosques, right? And, oh, no. and, 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 look here, look here, right? I I think it's hilarious, right? And I think people. Th- I, I just think, you know, why it became a big thing because at that time Muslims were on the defensive because sure, of, of the old Pagad vibe. And I, I don't know if that was when the old terrorism thing became in vogue. So everybody's mm-hmm. on the defensive. So, you know, it was a couple of uncles. Now we're going to attack Mark Banks and he ran away, which was also <laughs> hilarious. Um, but, uh, Mark Banks has always been crazy, you know, like stand up comedy shows, like you would just walk out of the, the room and then come back in just with underwear on, right? <laughs> with one of his like nads hanging out, right? 
like <laughs> one of his lads hanging out. And then we would pick up like, you know, uh, a bowl of peanuts and then walk around the room. Uh, would anybody like a nut? <laughs> right? would any- and I then think you would leave and come back Riyadh, and not Riyadh, say anything you, you, about it. You're not a you're not a head doctor, but I reckon that that um, Mark is properly he's he's insane. You know, every time I've ever had an interview with him, he he is incapable of focusing on what's actually going. Definitely not. He is he's totally about he's totally about. <laughs> So that's why he's brilliant. No, but he wants to entertain people. He loves entertaining people, but he's Ooh. totally disconnected from reality. And I can see right. him. I can see him running away from Pagad, <laughs> and I can see him <laughs> going into hiding. And it makes me laugh. It makes me smile on the inside. The guy's a proper genius, but he's totally deluded. Yes, I mean, he, is. he doesn't know what's happening yeah. in the world. He's not. He right. doesn't. You I don't, can't. You can't. I remember once we interviewed him on on Five FM. I, th- I think it might have been Mark Gilman who interviewed him, and the interview was so disappointing because, as a real person, he's like completely serious. No, you know, I don't really. No, I think that I think you're again. Just forgive her; she's drunk. Um, uh, he <laughs> he's he's not uh, Riyadh. You know him. He's he's totally. Crazy man, he's like that, and no. he's like this. He's the same in person as he is on stage. He's totally disconnected yes. from reality. So, so yes, and essentially, what would happen? It would be a conversation between Mark and I. We'd try somewhat to be serious yeah. and have some uh, real connection, no. and he would like uh, lead it somewhere into fantasy world. And I'm one of the guys who play along. I, I generally play along uh, uh, with comedians. I can be a the straight man yeah. in the sense where I just keep on feeding you and you right. go down the uh, alternate route. And like, I always enjoy my conversations with Mark Banks. Like, like, uh, when, when he did, um, the cameo in our movie, new material, mm-hmm. uh, Joey and I could not stop laughing <laughs> with all of his ad libs. Um, <laughs> it was just like, uh, it just, he, he's a hilarious individual and, uh, you know, I miss him. I don't see him that much. Uh, and, uh, I don't know how, how you handle the pandemic, but like, I really miss the guy. And whenever like, and, and that's why I'm so happy that we slowly opening up. I'm, I'm stressed out about the fact that they still keeping it at 50%, right? <sighs> now, why, why the only thing that I can like formulate, I actually like to speak to Mahdi about this mm. is why they're doing that. They're being very conservative, waiting for two successive mm. low hospitalization waves, mm-hmm. right? And then they're going to open because I know in America, like, uh, when, like, at a certain point, they go, okay, it's fine now, it's over. Uh, and then, we're going to open up. Yeah. And then Delta came from India and was like, no, sorry, buddy. Sorry, sorry. No, <laughs> nobody. Sorry. All right. And then they had to, it was quite uh, yeah, but, a, a but, challenging but Riyadh, Delta wave. Again, you're, but I still, you're a doctor, and we provided the world with Omicron, which was our way out because Omicron was much uh, more, yes. much more virulent, but much less deadly. So, thank you, South Africa. No, we yeah, we well, saved the world that's, again. Could spread. That's yeah. that's the whole idea. Yeah. It must spread right. and not do any damage. Right. That's and it. Omicron came out the same weekend as new material. So <laughs> we had a new variant to go with new material. Oh, and man. I think Omicron won at the box office. Yeah, because you couldn't. Quite uh, everybody, everybody was terrified it would be worse. And then, then the whole world. Yeah. Shot. Remember, people weren't allowed to leave or come into South Africa because we started the whole thing. 
uh, that that exactly. way. Exactly. So you listen. Know? So since we're talking about this uh, this pandemic and everything else, I, I was talking to another brilliant man who happens to be. Uh, Man, I don't know. There's something about the way Indian uh, parents raise their kids, hey? Um, so we're talking to Dr. Reza Mia the other day. He's he's, yes. he's he's invented this passenger jet, which is like a vertical takeoff right. and lift thing. And he's busy working on it. And obviously, there's a, you know, there are a lot of steps in the process. But we had him on this week to talk about that. Now, he's also a doctor. He's a plastic surgeon. But this is a side right. thing, a side hustle of his. And you've got... I don't know whether your medicine is the side hustle or your comedy is the side hustle, but you're also this person who does these two really hard things. Um, is that because of the way that Indian parents raise their kids? Is that part of it? I think the, the artistic, uh, well, I don't know in terms of the duality, but like, because um, what he's doing, I guess, is also, First of all, there's a lot of expectations to and By the way, I don't, want to, I don't want to blanket every because there's going to be some loser Indian kid oh, yeah. right now oh, who's, yeah. who's listening to us going, that's not true for me. Yeah. I'm Indian. No. It's not like that. <laughs> no, no, no. Essentially, the, culturally, there's a lot of expectations mm. to achieve. Yeah. Um, although it may not be specifically said, you just see the behavior, right? Um, and I know his father has done extremely well. And, uh, you know, I just see my father working. Even my father's in his seventies. He still works like longer hours than I do. Yeah. So it's like you just see a certain behavior, right? And, uh, you know, that tends to help, I guess, in, you know, you achieving certain things. However, there are a lot of negatives, right? Like uh, you can't even, like I'm a comedian, but I find it difficult to play. Sure. That's weird. And I think that's why I became a comedian, right? To move away, to make my uh, life a little bit more playful. <laughs> so actually in my older age, right, I become more playful. But when I was younger, it's like I'm going back. Like when I was younger, I was like super responsible, super, super conservative, right? Like All the Benjamin people knew me back then, right? It's like mm. in the reverse. And now, so that in my older age, I'm actually becoming more and more playful and engaging with it. But you see, I'm also engaging with play and that mindset from a analytical perspective. No, no, no. <laughs> so I don't just play because I play. You know, right? I play because scientifically, and uh, you know, I I know that there are benefits to adopting this persona, right? In terms of your psychological and mental health. Yeah. So that's also negative in terms of play because people actually play. They don't think about that. They just enjoy playing, right? Um, and Hassan Minaj has got the same problem. Yep. Right from the Daily Show, like he's the exact same, even worse than I am because he's a first generation. Right. And Trevor has always said that about him. Trevor's always telling him, dude, relax. Yeah. Right? Relax. You know? Uh, but that only comes with age, though. No. You, you know, see, we... there's certain people like Trevor. Trevor, one of his gifts, he can actually be in the moment. Right? And mm -hmm. experience the moment and not need to think about anything in the future. Whereas uh, 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 a lot of people in my culture, we very, we, we live in the future. Right. So, so, and that's a problem. Mm. Like I know there's two things like when I, that's why I like also spending time with my kids because kids are present. Yeah. They are there in the moment. Yeah. And then you go like, how do you get that? 
you know, and they force you to be in the moment, right? Um, so uh, it's, uh, I don't even know how we got here, but uh, no, I think well, uh, it's, it's the cultural influence, definitely. It that, is, there is a cultural influence. That inform but, your behavior. But there's also that you bring up the age thing, and I think this is interesting too. Um, I sometimes look at some of the things that I did when I was in my 20s and 30s, and I think, yes, yes I would never take those risks now. I would never say those what, things. like interview Jesus? <clears throat> yeah, yeah, I mean, like all the, the crazy stuff that I did when I was, you know, just looking for attention, trying to make a difference, trying to get ahead. You do crazy stuff, and, and now I would never do any of that. I wouldn't even attempt it. It's like you go into a um, – your, your your comfort zone becomes the – the drug of choice, and it's not a good one, hey? Right. Do you feel, right, exactly. Do you feel pressure, like you're doing this show now, and you've done another movie, and this is, this is part of that drive that I was, I was hinting at when I brought up you know, Dr. Reza and I brought you up, and it, it might be cultural, but it might also just be an effective, like where we're at in our lives, because you and I are probably the same generation. And I sometimes think yeah. there's huge pressure for me to do something new every year. If I don't do something right. new every year, then I'm just resting on my laurels or I'm going backwards, which is frightening to me. That really scares me. That's, that's right. probably worse than if I hadn't ever achieved anything because then you've got nothing to measure it up against. And I, you know, I think about that often and I, it, it makes me a little bit uncomfortable. Right. So I think what you're talking about is the idea of growth, right? It requires mistakes to be made. Yeah. And that is essentially the human experience because humans progress, right? Lions in a thousand years are not going to be like, uh, you know, working with tools. <laughs> They're not going to be like in the Flintstones <laughs> in a car, right? They're going to be lions forever, right? <laughs> yeah. But humans progress, yeah. right? And the way we progress is we try stuff out mm. and we mess up, right? And then we either see someone mess up and adjust our behavior or we mess up ourselves and adjust our behavior and become better. So all those risky things that you did is just you, you know, messing yeah. up and growing and becoming better. Right. Well, now, uh, I don't it know starts you, as when you walk. Do you think about it those starts people, when you walk? You think of those people who um, who first tried mushrooms and then how many of them died because they ate the poisonous ones or you think about those people who you know there was there was a video someone sent me this week on whatsapp of a man testing bulletproof glass in the i mean it was black and white camera footage but his wife is standing there with the bulletproof glass and he shoots right at her and i, <laughs> I, and I wonder how many wives died because that guy was that was probably his third or fourth wife how many had to be sacrificed for us to figure out bulletproof glass that kind of shit only humans do you're right riyad faithful right. wife yeah yes so, so and it's your nature your nature that informs your behavior there are people <laughs> who are more conservative there are people exploratory there are people who don't do anything just are defensive there are people who shoot cars into space right mm. and and yeah. and by twitter like we're talking about elon mm -hmm. musk you know like mm. like it's it's like it's it's part of your nature and there are certain people that actually uh push the envelope and they and and it's and you have to do that in order to grow right and it's about our species growing correct because like, we can like watch you train other your people muscles and your 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 
muscle fibers tear apart and that's what causes right. pain because they grow right so right Ria, Ria, it's, it's a theme i just want to break from that theme for a second because sanella's got an urgent medical question and let's just see if you can help oh. her sanella says guys what's the best way to avoid a cold sore i have a shoot on monday and i feel like a cold oh, sore God. is developing right now all of the times i don't need this i don't even have the cold it's not a cold sore by the way sanella is not yeah. From the cold, but I don't uh, have the cold. From from her piece, like simply. The There we go. So, the uh, yeah. give Sanella the advice yes. that. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, look, yeah, there are antiviral ointments you can use, as far as I I know, uh, but like also stress. Stress me, is it is it for a small area or is it for a bigger area? <laughs> <laughs> Seriously, a pharmacist said that to me. Uh, for people who are listening small? to the podcast, Leanne is showing with her with her little fingers. She's showing a small area, as in like you'd hold a coin in your fingers, and then for a large like a area, soul. for a large area, she's spreading it like a vagina. <laughs> <laughs> All right, sorry, I had to I had to explain that because there's nothing worse than people who are listening and they don't see it and they go, "Oh, what are these idiots laughing at?" All right, thank you. Talking Ria. about thank you. So you don't you don't know, but there are stress, some treatments. Stress. Stress and like, well, uh, you know, sometimes sunlight can also make it like worse. There's some people, you know, they go out in the sun, you know, because it's uh, essentially a cold sore. There's a virus that's living in the nerve in your body Oof. and they're chilling yeah. there forever, right? And then when uh, there's stress or when there's uh, ripe conditions, they go, Ooh, let's see what's happening in the world over here. <laughs> and then your body like sort of uh, fights it back for a while. But you can't like get, uh, get rid of that apparently. That's what I can remember from medical school. Hey, right? Do you just think? No, like take everything I say no, I with know. a pinch of salt. You know, like not, I'm as surprised as you are. Yeah, you're not practicing that. I remember it, something. Leave, leave him alone. I just I wanted to throw it in because I thought it was hilarious. That's what that's what some people are dealing with this morning is cold sores. Do you think we'll ever on this topic of humans advancing and the way that we 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 adapt and we um, progress? Do you think we'll ever get to a point where we can live forever? And would you want that to happen? Sure. Living forever. Well, essentially, as a species, you hope that you would be able to live forever. So this is the whole idea why Elon Musk, I think, wants to explore space, mm. right? Because he recognizes, uh, you know, the vulnerability of a planet and he thinks mm -hmm. now, like, what, who will think that, bruh? And actually start doing it. Dude. Yeah. Right? Now we need to become, he says, we need to become a space-faring species. Yes. Right? Who gets that idea, bruh? Yes. Like, that's, dude, like, everybody feels bad about their aspirations compared to this, bruh. You know, apparently his roommate uh, feels very inadequate. He's a roommate in college. <laughs> I think I saw this Jordan Peterson clip about Jordan Peterson talking about he's a roommate in college yeah. and being such an accomplished individual, like opening, like, I don't know, multiple businesses, be a, being a bajillionaire, yeah. but still feeling inadequate because Elon Musk, right, was his roommate. Right. You know, it's this. Dude. It's, it's actually madness. You know, I feel bad. Twitter, I was like, Like really Peru, my, my, my daughter wants a budgie, right? Yeah. And I was thinking about it, like maybe I should, maybe I shouldn't. This bra bought Twitter, right? <laughs> like so inadequate at this, at, at this moment. Like that's why we don't also like these billionaires doing these things now. I think that's why mm -hmm. we don't like it. 
is because we are all societally feeling very vulnerable. Yeah. Right? That's why they went to go shoot themselves into space last year. Right? Yeah. Usually I would go, that's a cool thing. But based on the fact that everybody is vulnerable, shooting yourself into space is not a cool thing for people. No. Especially like, it's, it's like, like Richard Branson going up there with his inspirational speech. Like he spoke about, <laughs> what did he say? He's like, uh, to all the kids out there. Yeah. You, you know, this I'm, could be I'm, you. I was once a child looking up into the stars yeah. with a dream. And now I'm an adult. I'm an adult in a spaceship with lots of other wonderful adults looking down at our beautiful, beautiful earth. It, 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 to all the dreamers out there, if we can do this, think about what you can do. I'm like, bruh, I can't go outside the house, bruh. Bruh, I can't. You can't. I'm not one to swear, right? But I was like, you know, like proper, like your master. Like, you know, and then a week For later... Sure. This bra, what Bezos shoots himself into space mm-hmm. with a rocket that looks like a phallus, right? Exactly. It was, yes. You saw that, dude. Big time. Like they yeah. had any sort of design. It even had, had a shaft and it and had, had a, a head. glance. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It looked like this. Yeah. Yeah. It had a glance. Yes. The only positive thing, it was its circumcised appearance. Yes. That's the only positive thing, right? Mm-hmm. And they didn't even go into space. They just went to the edge of space, yeah. right? So... It's not like he was trying to... They were edging. Yeah, they were edging. Intercourse. But he put the tip in. Right? You know, like, it was like, so mind-bogglingly, like, the timing of it was bad. It's like, it's almost like, you know, we've gone back to the time of kings. Yes. You know, where Mm -hmm. the, 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 the peasants are going like, we're gonna bring out the, the guillotine here, bruh. (laughs) Like, that's the sort of the feeling because there's so much opulence, Mm. right? The disparity is so big. It just creates that. That uh, well, anxiety. I mean, and so the, fun, the funny thing is, you bring up Jeff Bezos. I mean, he bought the Washington Post newspaper a couple of years ago. Nobody complained about that. No one went, "Oh well, I don't know about what this means for free speech." Now Elon buys yeah. Twitter, and everyone's like, "Oh my God, what is uh, what is happening to free speech?" You know? Yeah, dude, free speech. My man over there got got mugged. Oh, well, I mean, we talked, we've talked about this a million times, but that is just some bullshit, right? If someone tried to do that to you during a comedy show, what would you do? Yeah, I'd, I'd probably like, uh, I'm sorry. Uh, uh. No. Like, uh, look, yeah, I don't, I would, I, I don't know. I can't understand it. First of all, people, I don't understand people defending Will Smith, and I'm so disappointed in Will Smith. It's like because yeah. I was like a proper Will Smith fan. I've been reading his book, and mm-hmm. I, I like completely inspired by this guy yeah. because there's so many like ways in which his uh, uh, life aligns with mine, uh, just at a much higher level, right? And 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 a lot of what he says is very inspirational. But what was very negative for me about that whole experience is it showed how inauthentic he actually is and how much what – well, it just made me feel that he was just – he's just a character. Um, and, and, and he's uh, – whereas, uh, whereas um, Chris Rock – Played his part. He was as authentic as they came. Chris right? Rock. He was a comedian from the start. Like Will Smith smacked him at the Oscars, mm-hmm. and then he went into funny immediately. Like 
immediately. But I, I think he, he, had, he, handled that, he handled that so beautifully. Like if anybody, right. if anybody came out of that thing well, it was Chris Rock. I, I loved the way right. he responded. So, so with Will Smith, because the pageantry of it mm. is like um, the Oscars is like the uh, you the look at it's how you look at it, right? Will Smith is either the king, right? And 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 uh, or he's a husband that's been insulted, right? Uh, um, Jada Pinkett is either a weak woman or she's a uh, the queen. Yeah. Mm. Right. So if if she's mm. the queen, right, and if he's the king, that's not how they react. Correct. Chris Rock. Like is if, the if I was her, I, I would have got up and apologized. I would have walked onto yeah. stage. No, if and you're apologized if you're, on my husband's behalf. Anybody who has a good wife will know that the the, the wife will have been pulling you down. When you, what are you doing? Get done. Yeah. yeah. To be look here, look here. To be fair, because I love like, but Chris Rock is the jester in that. Yes. Scenario. Yes. And we expected. Like Will Smith to be the king, and I expected him to behave like the king, even right. if he were offended. Yeah. Even if he came out there and he said, "Look at it, uh, bro," right afterwards, not like my that. wife yeah. as alopecia, <clears throat> right? I have to support her constantly, all the time. She's very like emotionally distraught by this, right? <laughs> and you know, no, no, this, no, this is not cool or whatever, right? Okay, I'm pretty sure he didn't know about alopecia because comedians yeah. we want. Right, uh, people to laugh. Right, so we know that that thing wouldn't make you laugh if you have a disease. So they wouldn't have known. But even, right? even they that, definitely wouldn't have. She's known the one who's that. supposedly putting out um, videos about how she's okay with. She's you know, she's an empowered woman. It, she loves her baldness. She's into like right. this is her, the new her. You can't say that and then get upset or let your husband get upset about it. It just seems like bullshit. On the other. On the other hand, it's, but I don't think I can see. It's just like you, you only. React like that if you're at the edge, yeah. right? No, he's, um, he's, he's definitely uh, the guy. Is stressed so, out. He's stressed out beyond belief. Yeah, and I think maybe it and, all and that's it. All just got yeah. to him. I, I think that there there are a lot of very fragile people in Hollywood. That's another right. thing that nobody takes serious. So listen, Riyadh, I've I've got to wrap this up. But we we are Sorry. thrilled with no no no. This is great, man. We brought you on to rock. We we brought you on to talk. Uh, all about what's going on and and that studio you've got is incredible and um it's no no it's great to see you going back on tour so durban are you excited about durban very much to be performing for a live audience right i'm so excited um it is a bit of a bummer that uh you know you have a very big venue but you can only fill 50 percent. so that's Difficult sometimes because what about dwarves? Uh, you Don't, sometimes if, if we, need the audience to be full. If we use dwarves, to feel full. If we use dwarves, <laughs> wouldn't, wouldn't they count for half, and then we could get another twenty-five percent in? Surely, I think so. I think no, we're I onto can't. something. Yeah, I think that's a great idea. Mm. Okay, dwarves, we're onto something. Yeah, if you're a dwarf, yeah. try and get Little in. As, people, try try and force your kids. way in. Yeah, and kids, right. kids could go. Yeah. All right, Riyadh, l- exactly. listen, we we, we got to go, but love you, man, and. Keep on doing the good work. We will catch up with you again soon. It's always too little time when we have you on. Thank you, bro. Thank Thanks, you dude. so much for having right. me. Thank you, bro. Cheers, cheers, cheers. Uh, there's Riyad Musa. You can get him at uh, his two shows in Durban. The first one sold out 6th of May, but you, you can go to the 28th of May. Tickets available through Ticket Pro. Don't say I didn't tell you, all right?